All right, you are listening to episode number 35 of the Water and Stone Church Podcast. My name is Dieter Randolph, and this is the sound of my voice. And I'm Jenny Randolph. And as we gather round, Dieter, I have a confession. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is it. This is this how is you it. tell me. I have a new love. Well. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, we are getting a mini donut factory in St. Pete. I know. And their churro... I think this is a love triangle. No, like, (laughs) is it? Their churro and Nutella donut. Oh my goodness. Like, really, I I can't, I have no words. Well, we try to do all of our, all of our living um, here in St. Petersburg, Florida, the finest city on the face of the earth. There is a mini donut factory over in Tampa already. Tampa's the next city over, uh, doesn't matter. Don't go there. Stay in St. Pete. But anyway, they have one, and it's quite good. We've been there a couple of times. And in fact, um, one of our dear friends is uh, starting to work there. And actually, he lives in St. Pete. And uh, when they open the one in St. Pete, I think the plan is he's going to come work at that one. But the one in St. Pete is like two seconds from our house. Yes. It's so bad. It's going to be well, so Well, and the mini donuts are bad because so you good. can just put a whole donut in your mouth. I mean, I guess if you really apply yourself, you could put a regular-sized donut in your mouth. That's the same logic that says every pizza is a personal pizza if you believe in yourself. <laughs> but the, the mini donuts are bite-sized, and it's dangerous because I can eat all of them. They have one with, like, it's got, like, some sort of strawberry frosting, and they put nerds and Pop Rocks on top, and it is... Such a fun experience. It's I think like, that's what the triathletes eat oh, before they yeah. get out on the track. Yeah, no, I know it sounds like gross. It really does. But until you try it, it it it's it's so interesting. So they have like the most amazing flavors, and they're just they're so cute and they're so tiny and so little. And oh uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's so I'm sorry and I'm not sorry. Yeah. Well. So there there we go. There we go. I'm sorry. I had to confess it. I really That's did. okay. I Because I know you're going to be staying close to home, even if you have a wandering eye. <laughs> because I know that uh, you and Raina have been working on a special tea blend to commemorate the uh, the opening of the church. And I know nothing about tea because I'm a coffee person, like all right-minded individuals. But I have to say that I've been part of some of the experiments that you guys have come up with. And I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised, even for a hardcore coffee person like me it's pretty cool it is and i think there's a real um well i love tea and Raina loves tea too it's it's just i think it's just one of i don't know drinking tea is just so refined i mean coffee well, we were is... talking about ritual last week I, w- I was listening to last week's podcast we were talking about the ritual the 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 mindset about a glass of wine you're not drinking wine to to get your party on and it's not a fast food experience. You're sitting and it's a moment of, of contemplation and that sort of thing. And I think the ritual associated with the leaves and the water and you got to wait and you have to steep Well, it and you and don't want to put in, you know, you want to boil your water, but you want to wait just a moment so it's not, it's you off. know, roaring, you know, and bubbling so much that it just is just off of a boil. can't you burn the tea or something Well, like that? it's just, you, you, there's a lot of things that can happen. It can bloom too fast or bloom too slow if you shock the tea for example there's a there's actually you a have lot. to write like a coming of age novel about your tea when it blooms too fast and you know starts running with the wrong crowd it's mm-hmm. a mess it's terrible 
Dear God, it's me oolong. Yeah. No, that, <laughs> nice. that, oh, that was bad. That was really bad. No, you don't want horrible. your tea to Judy Bloom. No, 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 no. See, that was a deep oh, cut right there. Oh, it's... Oh, the bad jokes tonight. What is Listen. up? This is this is terrible. Anyway, so we are working on um, um, a black tea blend right now um, that has a couple of flavors. And then we really are thinking about um, doing an herbal blend as well. And I'm super excited about it. I don't want to say exactly what it is because we're still kind of messing around. But we love Adagio teas. Um, and I think... Uh, a million years ago, um, there's a there was a there was a blog post about, post about adagio teas. So if you go on to our website and you want to look it up or something like that, or you can just go to adagio teas. But they they are really fantastic about where the tea comes from and all this. And it's so probably like responsible too, growing. Yeah, and all. it's it's probably too much. Yeah, but you, you know what? Know, Every little okay. bit matters. You know, you yeah. might as well vote with your pocketbook about that sort of stuff. But it's good tea anyway. Well, life is too short to, to put bad stuff in your mouth. I really, it's like food, coffee, tea. I really do believe that. I, I think that, you know, if you're having the experience of something that's not good, stop it. Well, it's and about, go get something better. It's about being intentional and, and, uh, I think that there's something beautiful about that. And in general, we talked last week about inspiration. The key to inspiration was being intentional. And I'm going to go a step further and say the key to life is being intentional. Life is about showing up and paying attention and all of that. And I have a million things that I do during the day to try and stay in that frame of mind. It's easy to slip out of that and just let life kind of happen. And uh, especially, you know... Getting ready for the church to open, I have really been in sort of a training mindset. It's not like I'm doing jumping jacks or running up to the top of the courthouse steps in Philadelphia or anything like that because that's a long way from St. Pete. But it's it's just about trying to get better, trying to really be on on point for, for that Sunday morning and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things that I've actually been doing for a very long time is I have on my to-do list on my phone, I have some things that pop up every single day. Every day I do some Bible stuff. Every day I do prayer and meditation. Every day, you know, that's that sort of thing. But one of the things that pops up is read something. Every day I read a chapter of something. And it can vary. You know, I I try to have it be something that's... I don't count, like, just empty stuff, like fiction stuff or whatever. I read that anyway. But when when the thing on my to-do list says read something, I know I mean... Something, something constructive, something right. that, you know. Yeah. So like right now I'm rereading uh, the book uh, Talks on Truth by Charles Fillmore. Charles Fillmore, of course, is a co-founder of the Unity Movement. And uh, just really, really important to me, important to us. Brilliant, brilliant man, wonderful spiritual visionary. Just anything that Charles Fillmore wrote is, is really important. And uh, Talks on Truth, for reasons I'm not even really clear on, is my favorite Charles Fillmore book. And really? I've, oh yeah, I've read every, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I've read every single book Unity's ever published. I'm pretty good about being a completist. And, you know, it's, uh, a, a, most of it I've reread. But I'm certain that other than Lessons in Truth, I've probably reread Talks on Truth more times than anything else. And it's just a, it's an unconnected series of essays. They were probably originally lecture notes that Mr. Fillmore wrote, and they're about a wide variety of topics. The book doesn't try to lead you to a conclusion. The chapters aren't connected. They were probably written over a broad span of time and all that, but there's just such good stuff in there. You want to know, for example, why 
Charles Fillmore felt that Jesus was the central figure of their theological story instead of, for example, Muhammad or the Buddha or whatever, who are vastly respected. Why it's about Jesus, you can find it in Talks on Truth, for example. Mm -hmm. Are we supposed to do anything about what we believe in? It's all there in Talks on Truth, that sort of thing. It's just all there. And I'm, like I said, rereading it for the millionth time, and it is just so powerful. <coughs> I wouldn't say that that's the first spiritual book or the first unity book or the first whatever book somebody should pick up. I'm going to say you should always start with Lessons in Truth. You know, read Christian Healing and then read Prosperity and then anything you want. And so Talks on Truth would be pretty high up there on the list. It's certainly not getting in at the shallow end of the pool. But if you're kind of ready for the next thing, Talks on Truth is a great book to pick up. I absolutely adore it. So what's your favorite time of day to read? I should know this about you, but I'm sitting here listening to you talk, and it occurs to me that I I don't know the answer to that question. Isn't well, that weird? It is weird. What's wrong with you? You're too, eating too many donuts. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, the, the thing is there's no good answer because I my schedule is pretty interrupt-driven. So it'll be like, oh, I have a meeting in an hour. No, but that's not the I question. The question was not... When can you read? The question was, is when is your favorite time to read? My favorite time to read, if, if, if I wasn't, you know, working the day job or doing other things, that sort of thing, I think that an ideal day for me would involve getting up pretty early and doing all the stuff you do to get ready in the morning and going downstairs and having a cup of coffee. In this fictional universe, somebody else feeds the dog and takes him outside. So, but So let's just move on from there. But, uh, and I would sit with a cup of coffee and I would read a chapter of something important and I would sit there with my book and my journal and it would inspire me to write something. And on a good morning, although I do have to take the puppy out and stuff happens and I've got emails to get through in the morning and stuff like that, but that aside, you'll often find me on the couch in the morning with a good book and with my little traveler's journal that comes with me everywhere I go. So it's pretty close to that. And all I right, give thanks right. for the days when it's especially close to that. The morning's a good time because not everybody's awake yet. The house is quiet. You know, nobody's calling. And I do, uh, you know, I work with people that are in other time zones so that we're in the Eastern time zone. Most of those people aren't at work or aren't even awake yet. And so it's a nice peaceful time of the day before the, the matters of the day have a chance to catch up. Yeah, my I think my favorite time to read is like around between three and five. Okay. It really is. I think it's sort of a natural resting period mm -hmm. where you just sort of pull back and you grab a good cup of tea or a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. Probably a mini donut these days. They, they have been in the house. <laughs> We're going to be in a lot of trouble. Oh, gosh. Because well, our, know... our friend brought some over to us it's... the other night. Oh, the, the, the cinnamon churro with Nutella is just... Uh, anyway, no. Because um, we have we do tacos so in Twin Peaks at our house, and our friend comes over, and we watch the show Twin Peaks together, and we have tacos. But dessert is up in the air, and so so this, we've been taking this, turns. Yeah, but, this last but time anyway, we brought so a I, giant box of donuts of all kinds, and so anyway, I can't believe we're back on donuts. I, a, I can, I can absolutely, I can absolutely. They're going to play the tape of this before <laughs> the intervention. <laughs> No, but really, I think it's right before I have to get up and, you know, start dinner, finish the day, 
you know, answer any, any last phone calls or anything like that. And, and so, yeah, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I was British in a past life and I just think <laughs> high tea is so important. I get it. Because it, it is just sort of a natural, you have a little bit of sustenance, you sit there in the quiet and you read. I remember though, that I used to do that when the kids were little and I would say, okay, this is, you know, for, for an, about an hour, I'd say you have to go upstairs and you have to play and you don't have to nap, you know, because they were kind of yeah. But it's quiet time. You have to go read or color or something like that. Time in the right? Yeah. I know. Well, I make myself have quiet time, so that's my favorite time. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I get it. I get it. Did you know that about me? No. Yeah, isn't that? Is, we've it, been we've been married for, for twenty three years. Just How uh, weird. just learning. Just learning. So as we get to the dig in part, I got to tell you that there's this quote that has just been, it keeps coming up for me lately. And I know exactly why. The quote is, it's attributed to Mark Twain. And the quote goes like this. History doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. And you've heard that or some variation. History doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. You've heard that over and over again. It comes up on things like Facebook now and again, that sort of thing. And I had always thought it was a Mark Twain quote, but... Although I love Mark Twain, I'm not an expert in what he said when. I know more about the Mark Twain robot at the Epcot Center thing than I do about (laughs) Samuel Clemens. But um, as it turns out, I tracked it down because I've been thinking about it a lot today. And uh, this week, really. And, uh, And nobody knows if he ever actually said it. Somebody else wrote a poem where it said, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes, as Mark Twain says, or something like that. We don't know if he ever actually said that. That's not why it's on my mind. It's on my mind because in a couple of days, as you know, we are going to have the very first church service of this church we're starting. And of course you know that. Everybody listening knows that we talk about it all the time. Because it's a dream come true for us, it's at the forefront of everything we do. Um little bit of background before we do the podcast one of the things we talk about is well what are we going to talk about that's been going on in our lives and the thing that's been going on in our lives is the church so right. we have to talk about other stuff too so we talk about donuts and whatever but the number one thing is church stuff but if you know about our history you know that 23 years ago um we started a storefront church over in tampa and uh we didn't know what we were doing. We kind of had help, but didn't really. We were, we were so young. We, we were, were just so, so I was young. fresh out of seminary, and we had some really, really kind people who showed up to, to go to the church services. Our good buddy was the was the band, and by that I mean he played the boombox with them, whatever song he had chosen to play during the offertory. And it was just, it was a labor of love, but emphasis on labor we worked really hard and we didn't know what we were doing and it was beautiful and romantic in all kinds of ways and i loved that we were had a little bitty baby you know reyna was born shortly after the the church started the church started on november 1st 1994 Mm -hmm. and uh, reyna was born december December 2nd 2nd. 1994 so pretty quick after the church started we had a little bitty baby and we were raising a baby and living in our first apartment together and running a church and and doing all of that kind of stuff. And so as we start a church again, two decades later, it's easy to think about 
the differences and similarities between where we are now and where we were then. But aren't you glad in a way that it didn't happen the first time? It couldn't have. I, I don't, yeah, exactly. And I think we learned so much, but I'm I'm forever grateful that our life didn't go that way. There's so much more that we couldn't have predicted. And I remember we we were at that church. We held on to the church for about two. We started it at a storefront mm-hmm. and we held on to it for about two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And boy, that was a long two and a half years. Well, and little things like, we couldn't afford the phone at home because we were paying in our, in our apartment because we were paying for the phone in the church, mm-hmm. like little things like that. And it now I look at it as a romantic thing, and I'm so grateful that we're not there anymore, you know. But uh, I'm also really grateful that it happened. I'm grateful because there's a lot you can learn in seminary. And I really had a wonderful opportunity. I had great teachers, great classes. I learned so much that I still apply today and and things that I still think about and use. But seminary can't really teach you how to be a minister. You have to just go be a minister. It's like a lot of things. In fact, maybe it's like everything important. You kind of have to just go do it. And uh, one of the things that that means for me is I'm quite certain that the first lessons I did in that storefront church weren't my best lessons. How could they have been? No, of course there's, not. There's no way. For one there's thing, no I way. was 21. I, you know, I didn't have a clear sense of anything. You know, I still kind of don't. But you know, I really didn't then. But it's it's one of those things where you have to just give thanks for the time. How do you get to be a good minister or stand-up comedian or musician or cook? Or anything, you have to go be bad a lot mm-hmm. and put yourself out there and be willing to get your butt kicked by it. You know, if you really love it, it'll be okay. And so I did some lessons that I really, really tried, but probably weren't all that great. And some people were very, very patient and they came back week after week, you know. And, and it's so funny, I know that, uh, that uh, some of the people who were there all those years ago have said they're going to be there. <laughs> That's for it's it's that is so wonderful though. I mean, and isn't it amazing how you know there is just this spiral of life that that you really can come back and there's no such thing as an overnight success. If you talk to anybody that is right. quote unquote unsuccessful, it takes years to be an overnight yeah, success. It, absolutely, it takes years and years and years, and then when somebody finally hits, it's like, oh wow, it's a you know immediate sensation and so it's like you have no idea how long that this dream has been on somebody's heart or their mind or anything like that and so in a in a society where things are so instant it's nice to know that we have gone out learned a couple lessons and been able to come back it reminds me of when we were at the grocery store the other day Uh speaking of the instant society that 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 idea (laughs) I was, um, I had gotten some, um, chocolate pudding, but it, I don't like the instant stuff. I, it's, I don't know what's in it. I don't know what makes it instant. It just, I, I don't, Elves. I, it doesn't matter. I don't, but I like to cook it because I know that it has cornstarch so in it and stuff like that. So I get the non-instant because I think it tastes better. It's, you know, you could make your own chocolate pudding at home, but it's the next best thing. So I was getting, I was getting some chocolate pudding cause I was getting ready to do like a French silk pie kind of a deal. And, um, 
to go with the donuts. Well, let, we're not we're not going to talk about our dessert food habits anymore. <laughs> Everybody knows. First step All is right. to admit you have pudding. Shush. Shush. Okay. But anyway, so I was checking out and the, the cashier, she was like, you know that those are the kinds you have to cook, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah. She's like, because people do that all the time. They want the instant and they pick up the cooked ones by, by accident. I'm like, no, I, I want the cook. I want the ones that you and have to cook. she looked at you like you were crazy. She did. She was like, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to put all of that extra extra work into it? But it just made me really, and I thought of that story as you as we were talking tonight. And I thought, gosh, you know, isn't it so much better just to take a minute and really care and really learn. And sometimes the stuff that is on your heart and in your mind, it's not going to be instant. There's, It's not time for it. And you have to be okay with that. And you can spend all this time lamenting and being bothered by and, and all of this. and Or you can just go, well, all right. We're on to the next thing and maybe, you know, this is still on my heart and on my mind and, and we're just going to, we're going to figure it out a different way. And so we have in different ways along our path, the last 20 years, we have ministered in so many different ways that I'm so grateful for. And it has prepared us to do something completely unique and something completely different from anything that I have seen anybody doing. Right. And I'm so excited about that. Yeah, me too. And this is an opportunity to build the church that we want to go to, as we often say. But this, the reason that I wanted to talk about this isn't just because I'm excited about the church. There's a broader lesson here. And it applies to everybody, whether or not you're starting a church or doing anything. Because there's a number of options. No matter what you're thinking about starting, you can, for example... Wait until everything is exactly perfect, until you're an expert in whatever field you need to be an expert in, until you have the right amount of money, the right amount of experience under your belt. Oh, wait, you can't get that experience until you go out and try. Do You see, so that first option never works. And there are so many people waiting for the right moment, but there's no such thing as a right moment. You have to go be the right moment. So one option is to hold still and wait. That doesn't work. The other option is to stay in that situation and just try and make it something that it's not. So for example, you can spend the whole rest of your life trying to relive those glory days in high school when you were the quarterback of the football team or whatever it is. You can go back. We could have spent the last 20 years trying to relive and undo, let's say, it reminds me of Uncle Rico from yeah, Napoleon from Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, you can and you can try and undo or redo that thing that didn't work out. And you can spend your whole life there. And we all know people who are stuck in whatever it is. Or option 3, you can learn from it. Because the moment you let go and you say, "You know what? I was in that. I did my best in that job." creative endeavor, relationship, 
whatever the situation is. I did my best in that town I lived in, whatever it is. I did my best. I learned some things. I give myself permission to not be perfect at it because perfection is not a, a thing you can be. It's a thing you experience, right? So it's, I give myself permission to have learned. Because if you don't do that, you will repeat the same problems over and over again. It becomes a Groundhog Day situation. The reason that we say there's no geographical cure is because you're you wherever you go. Well, if you don't resolve to change you, but instead you're always trying to change the outer situation, it's going to keep repeating because the universe is designed to help you grow. Your situation is there to help you figure out stuff about how to have the Christ within you shine more brightly, how to have the truth within you come out more brilliantly. And if you don't try to change you and be better, but instead you're just focused on the outer stuff, you're not changing, so you're going to keep going through it and keep going through it and keep going through it. Just as Eric Butterworth says, you're going to go through it until you grow through it. So the beautiful thing happens when you say, you know what? I'm going to let go of this and just keep trying to be my best in whatever situation I'm in. The outer stuff is not where I'm going to focus. I'm going to focus on being the best version of me, the most honest version of me, the truest version of me. And when you focus on that, a couple of things happen. Either you get better at whatever it is, things get easier, or, and or, Sometimes the stuff that you were really fixated on, really attached to, really got your identity and your, self, your sense of self-worth from, get taken away from you. Well, it, as, as you're talking, it, re, it kind of reminds me of sort of, you know, there's this thing that's been dubbed mommy wars. You know, moms that choose to stay home versus mm -hmm. the moms that choose to go to work. Okay. And there's this whole judgment on either side of it and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I, I don't really care. Do it, do you know? Honestly, it doesn't. It really doesn't matter to because me. Because pros and cons, and, and, and yeah, it's exactly. Different people, and and different, different kids, people, different, different everything. Yeah, sure. And your kids need something different. For me, um, I worked um, for the first couple of years when the kids were were very little, and then once Miles came along and he was, you know, and he was about a year old, and you know, at that point, I decided. I think Raina was about four. Miles was about one. I decided. We decided that. You know, I was just gonna be. I was gonna be at home. Raina was requiring a little bit more attention as far as schoolwork went, and 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 all of this. Mm -hmm. So you know, we just made that decision sort of as a family, and it's kind of funny. But I look back now, and I now that the kids are grown, and I'm kind of coming back to my graphic design career, and and you know, and I'm I'm utilizing those tools for you know uh, water and stone and all that kind of stuff, but. Um, I was saying to somebody um, just recently, you can have it all. You really can. You just can't have it all at the same time. <laughs> and it just so, it really, really reminds me of that. And when I was raising my kids, that's how I felt I needed to raise them, regardless of what anybody else thought. Oh, yeah. And well, now I mean that they're raised, it's like now, it, now I get to have, I get to have this, you know, career that that I'm building and this this different life that I'm building and something that you know in the middle of a thousand diaper changes and you know middle of the nights and and you know grocery store fit throwing you know that you're you dream about oh my gosh you know am I ever gonna get to be myself again and the answer is of course yes but 
you have to take things as they come. And I, again, there's this, there's this give and there's this take. And I think we're so greedy to have everything all at once. And it just, it doesn't work that way. You know, we're not, you know, there's no such thing as multitasking. <laughs> they have, they have right. totally disproved that. It is impossible for the human mind or the human person to multitask. You, you fool yourself, um, you know, and you think you're doing everything, but you're not doing You're any, only doing one thing at one a time. One thing at a time. You're just switching gears. But, exactly. You're just proven, really good at, at, at changing and spinning those plates. But they have proven that switching gears costs you. Yes. A little bit of time, attention, productivity, whatever you want to call it. And so it's better to just focus on one thing. I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before, but one of my very, very favorite movies is a movie called 180 Degrees South. And I'm not going to go into what the movie's about. Go check it out. It's a great movie. I think it's on Netflix now. It's on Netflix. It's on Apple TV. It's everywhere. I love the movie. It's just great. I, I rewatch it from time to time. But in there, um, one of the one of the characters in the movie says, you know, it, it's about climbing mountains. And one of the characters in the movie says, you know, nowadays you can get a helicopter that takes you almost all the way to the top and they've got camp set up for you and people carry your stuff and they put a little chocolate on the pillow. But if you compromise the process, you're a jerk when you started and you're a jerk when you finish. And he doesn't use the word jerk, but I want to keep the explicit uh, tag off of our podcast. But the point is you have to be where you are in order to get where you want to go. Instant pudding doesn't taste as good. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's true of every area of life. So you can, going back to what I said at the top of this, you can try and hold still until the conditions are exactly right and that will never happen. Or you can try and jump ahead of the process. If you and I had been put in charge of some mega church somewhere when I was fresh out of seminary, it would have been a travesty. Oh, yeah. And we would have hurt a lot of people. And, and yeah. I think a lot of people would have lost a spiritual home yeah. that they felt good about if we if we had been handed that, for sure. So, and yeah. you know what? Once again, this isn't just about starting a church. I really think this applies to everything. So the answer is to be where you are and try and do your best where you are. And as it happens... The things, the things didn't go so well with the storefront church. We learned some things, but it didn't last. I'm so grateful that it didn't. I'm grateful to be in St. Pete, which is a city I wanted to be in to begin with, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and after a while, I took a job. I took a bunch of jobs. I worked any kind of job I could just to feed the family and all that kind of stuff. But at one point, I was working in a cubicle somewhere. What couldn't have started this church then? No. Made this dream come true. I had to go through that. But what was interesting is I got to a place where I'm like, okay, here I am. I'm in this. I, all I ever wanted to do was be a minister. But here I am right now. And I, it took me a while. I was angry. Just like anybody's angry when you don't get it your own way, I'll admit. But I got to a place of peace with it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make a go of this. I'm going to do my best. I'm not going to give up on my dreams. But I'm going to understand that dreams don't happen on my timetable. And it's a little bit of that kind of a release. I'm just going to be good where I am. And two things happened. And I remember the day when I really got clear that, you know what, I'm just going to keep doing my best. Two things happened. First of all, I almost immediately got a promotion. Nice. But the other thing that happened is more and more people started to come to me at work. And if you've ever worked for a big corporation, you can understand how weird this is wanting to talk to me 
about their lives and eventually about their spiritual path. And in fact, stuff that probably HR would frown upon. I was never inappropriate or anything, but you're not supposed to talk about God's stuff at work. It's That's not good, right? But the point is people started coming to me like I was some kind of a spiritual guide. And it wasn't like a mystical, weird thing or nobody was in a trance, but it was one of those where it, all of a sudden it became a God stuff. I couldn't get away from it because I finally stopped trying to have it be my own way. And all of that, all of the things that you and I went through, Jenny, and raising our babies and figuring out how to build a life with, with no real help from our families and doing things our own way and, and everything else, here we are in a situation where now we're ready to do the thing that we tried to do when we first got married. And that's the Mark Twain quote. History doesn't really repeat itself, but it rhymes. And here we are in the rhyme. And you talked about how life is a spiral, and I think that's a beautiful way to think of it. You go around again, and it's not that it's the same, because it's not the same. But you kind of get another shot at it, and you're a little bit better at it. And you kind of get another go at, that's why I think being grandparents is so awesome, is because you get to have another go at it without all of the other You crap. don't have to make the kids do their homework. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, but, and I you mean, know what I mean? And, and yeah. that's, the, that's the rhyming of life. It's, it's like it might be, you know, a little bit different. It might not be exactly how, how you envision it or you look at it, but my goodness, it's, it's even better than you thought if you let it be. If you let it be and you focus instead on the ride, if you focus on the journey and really paying attention, once again, being intentional, trying to be good. Stop worrying about making it go the way you want it to go because if you do that, you're going to Uncle Rico your way through the situation. That only makes sense if you've seen Napoleon Dynamite. You're going to try and hang on to one moment that is not your moment. If you try and make it go your own way, you're going to be in a Groundhog Day scenario. Or you'll try to build like a time machine and, and yeah. really hurt yourself. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, go now go see Napoleon Dynamite. I'm ready. I haven't seen it in years. but Yeah, it's been, but, I think it's probably about five years. But that's actually pretty great because that's the deal. If you try and make it be your way on your terms, you're going to miss the journey. You're going to fixate on something. You're not going to learn the things that you need to learn. Better to focus on being good. What if every moment, even the ones that you didn't intentionally create, even the ones you're not crazy about, even that job that you're not crazy about, that relationship, that whatever it is, what if you look at everything and go, you know what, this is training. Imagine that you're in the middle of your training montage, like every 80s movie, like Rocky IV or even Revenge of the Nerds or Real Genius or any of a million movies where they go into the music and everybody's there painting something and they're doing push-ups and they're, they're learning something and doing their homework and getting better. Imagine that your life is that training montage. Take this opportunity because you know what? Even in a situation that is not your optimal, first of all, what do you know? That's God's job. But okay, even in a situation that you would not consciously choose, there is somebody or something or many of them that can make you tougher, smarter, better. Look at the people around you like they've got something to teach you. And when you just extend that modicum of respect, you are my teacher. Everything can start to change. I'm not suggesting you stay in an abusive relationship. It may very well be that the lesson you're there to learn is get the heck out. 
but when you start to look at things as though you were a student instead of the master of the universe, because once again, that ain't your job, things begin to change. And I promise you, if it is meant to be, you'll catch it on the run. And it will be better than you can imagine because you stop trying to imagine it and you let God do that part. That's how this works. Stop trying and start training. So we have a really interesting question for our listeners. Okay, I haven't seen this one. And this is from Jerry M. Okay, and, thank you, Jerry. Um, he says... I don't feel like I'm being heard. How can I get people to listen? Oh, wow. And I say, join the club. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder I, if Jerry I is just, a parent. Yeah, no, right? Um, I, you know, I picked this question because I didn't really have an answer for it. And I really, I still kind of don't have an answer for it. So I really wanted to kind of bounce it off and maybe we can come up with an answer because I don't feel that like I'm heard most of the day. I mean, really, honestly, I can say something and it, woo, right over. I mean, you know, like, hey, can you pick up your, pick up your and socks? And this isn't hey, about the kids. Just, this is no, about no, life. No, no, I think this is about life. But, but That's then. a cheap shot. With it the, is, with it the is. But, yeah. but. And in fact, our kids are actually pretty awesome. But, yeah. But anyway, so I, but then I, after I got over that initial response of okay yeah I, I I'm not heard on a daily basis I get this but then I started thinking about it like a little bit more on on like the political scene mm -hmm. you know about really trying to get your point point across because we are so there are very 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 different opinions and we are so polarized and I don't I think one of the people's biggest on either side of of the debate here um, is that they don't feel like they're being heard. They're they're stacking up what they feel like is a logical argument, and then the other person is just, you know, not really listening. Is just like trying to just just waiting take for it my down turn. and waiting for your turn. Now, you know, and then I thought, okay, but let's take that a little bit further. And are, you know, are you not feeling heard by God? And then I thought, okay, well, let's you know, and and I'm. I want to sort of answer it on all sort of different levels. Mm -hmm. Kids don't listen to you. So there's that one problem solved. <laughs> it's like they don't. I'm sorry. It's no, their, it's their job to, it to their not listen to you. Because so. your kids, first of all, as far as, the, and I, I don't, Jerry, I don't know if you're talking about your children or not. I don't know if you have children. But there is a level at which, First of all, your kids do hear you, and you darn well know it because the first time you cuss, they will cuss in, when company's over. They're listening. You know what I mean? Kids are sponges. So on one level, they're listening. They may just not be listening in a way that you think on your terms and so on. But that's kind of the point, isn't it? Your kid's job is to be better than you. Our kids are so much smarter than we are, so much more brilliant than we are, so much more capable, so much stronger, and so on. Our kids are, are so much better than us, and you're supposed to want them to be. Oh, yeah, you know? absolutely. So, so part of it is they are listening, but they're not listening on your terms. It is your kid's job to take what they're experiencing and take it to a new place. 
So that means they're always going to be pushing the boundaries, testing the fences, trying to do it in a different way. Because for one thing, they saw how you did it. And it's not even a judgment of you, but they are driven biologically and spiritually to take this to a new place. So yeah, they listen, but they don't. Right. And right. that's going to just have to be okay. Yeah. Because that's how life works. So so now let's take it out a little bit further. Let's say that this challenge is maybe extended family slash workplace kind of people don't listen to me. Maybe even, maybe even you know, people in, you know, the place that I worship are not listening. Mm-hmm. So he's, well, and it's he's Facebook, not feeling... Right? It's the whole thing. Right, it's yeah. Like, right yeah. So, so we'll extend that out from, we've gone from, you know, intimate family to now, okay, now extended family and greater world. If you don't feel like you're being heard in, in this greater arena, how are you... Del- my, I guess my question, my, my question back would be, well, how are you? How are you delivering the stuff that you want to be heard? <laughs> well, you know that's what part I mean? of it. Part of it is. I think it is part, part of, of the it delivery is what system. What kind of a messenger are you? You know, it, this is this is a big deal. You know, when you talk about like pearls before swine, that that Bible quote, that statement is not that some people are pigs. That statement instead is pigs don't care about jewelry. You know, in other words, speak to people in a language that they will understand. And so it might be that you've got a beautiful message, but you're trying to say it in a way that you want to hear it, but that person's not you. And in fact, that's a very big deal because no matter what the other messages are, if you're trying to teach somebody something, on top of and beneath and woven through whatever those other messages are is one of the key ethical principles that you're trying to tell that other person is almost always this. It's not about you. I mean, think about it. When you're trying to teach a kid to be more considerate, one of the things you're saying is it's not all about you. When you're trying to get somebody to see a different political point of view, you're saying it's not all about you. Over and over again, that's part of what you're saying to the other person. When you really want to be heard, one of the things that you want that other person to hear is, this is not all about you. We're all in this together. Well, guess what? Messenger, here's what I want you to hear. It's not all about you. In other words, this is not about how you need to be heard by the other person. I'm sure you've got something important to say. But it may be that that person isn't ready for it. It may be that that's not the level of their consciousness. It may be the way in which you're delivering the message isn't compatible with the language that they speak, so to speak. And it may just be that it's not yours to say. Because you know what? I learned things from my friends that my parents were trying to tell me that I didn't want to hear from them, and vice versa. Sometimes people have to do it on their own terms, and so I'm here to tell you that it's not all about you. If you're really trying to guide that other person, here's the best advice that I know how to give. And I actually did learn it from being a parent. If a kid is shouting, don't shout back at the kid. It's tempting, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, it's so tempting. Yeah. But to but get you in it. But, but you don't. Yeah, what you... kind of monster are you to get in a shouting match with a 5-year-old <laughs> by the way? That's not cool. Right. But I get the temptation. We've all been there. But if you've been around kids long enough, you know the best way to get a kid to quiet down is to start whispering. Mhm. 
exactly get down low on their level and you know um just really hey, it's a quiet time right yeah, now exactly. because we're in the library we're gonna use our inside yeah. voice but exactly. see what happens is and that kid will start whispering too well guess what there is a profound spiritual lesson there and that is think about your message not the way in which you're delivering it but think about what it is that you want that other person to know and stop trying to be the messenger and instead start trying to be the example don't shout at somebody in order to get them to be quiet just be quiet don't tell somebody that they have to be nice to each other or that they have to agree with your way because your way is good show them that your way is good be good I was going to say the best tactic that I always found if I really wanted to teach the kids something is I would just start doing it. And I would say, come on and watch me. Come on and watch me do this. You don't have to do it. And then, and then it would be like, mommy, can I do it now? Can I do it now? And, you know, and they would get super, it was like, yeah, okay. And then all of a sudden they know how to do it. They know what's going on and you have and you have communicated what you need to communicate. So I think that's a beautiful thing. Stop talking people's heads off. And that's really funny coming from you and I. <laughs> because <laughs> but, we talk. Because we what talk. I, I mean, if you ask our kids, like they, I don't, they've never been grounded. You know, we didn't spank or do any of that kind of stuff. We would just sit down and talk at our kids and talk at our kids and talk at our kids. And even to this day, that I mean, they will just, it will just be a, Pool. They will. They will. I <laughs> surrender. I surrender. Stop talking. Yeah. Please stop talking. But part of it is, I really hope. And you know, I'm 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 human, and I'm learning. But I really hope that I model the kind of person that I think somebody ought to be. I recognize my kids are going to do it their own way, and in fact, the people that come see me on a Sunday are—they're not going to live life the way that I do. But that's not the point. Hopefully they take some little bit of something that I said or did and go in their own direction with it. And isn't that really what you want for other people? You don't really want to just make a whole bunch of clones of yourself. That's weird. Give people what you can give them. And let it go. So this is the check it out part of our podcast, and this is when you can find out what we're up to, where to find us, what's coming up next on the calendar. There's a lot more information about everything we're going to say if you go to waterandstonechurch.com. Um, there's a calendar page. There's another page that says gather, and it's got the high points of what we're up to. Of course, you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. There's a lot of ways to catch up with us, but the best way is to start with our website. Yeah, I, and I wanted to say something about that. Um, I really would love if people would start, you know, um, tweeting us and Instagramming at yeah, us. Yeah, let us and, know and what's up. Let it, yeah, and, and just start tagging us. You know, it's all over the place. It's at Waterstone Min, M-I-N. And if you, you know, if you... Yeah, that's our handle on Instagram exactly. and Twitter and Facebook. Right. right, and if you use the hashtag I am ready at Waterstone Men, we'll see it, we'll repost it. We love that kind yeah. of stuff. We love to see what you guys are, are up to. So do that for us. If you see something wonderful out in the world, you know, let us you know, know let us know let us know. It. We want to know some fascinating things. We want to know what you guys are up to. So For um, sure. 
the thing that I want to talk about right now is our class. And that starts on September 5th. And it goes for seven weeks, Tuesday nights, from 7 to 8.30. down Unity at Church Unity Church of Sarasota. Church. Exactly. Right right down there in Sarasota. Um, looks like we're going to have a really, really good group down there. And I'm so excited about it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I love teaching at Unity of Sarasota. It's such a great crowd. It's, it's so fun to, to go across the bridge and, and, and be down there with that group of people. I want to let you know, too, that... This podcast will be available on Sunday, August 27th, which is the day of our very, very first church service. So if you're listening to this before 11 a.m. on Sunday, August the 27th, come down, see us at the Hotel Indigo in downtown St. Petersburg. Once again, it's 11 o'clock. But I really want you to know that the fourth Sunday of every month for the next six months so that's August, September, October, November, December, January. We're doing the fourth Sunday of every month at 11 o'clock. And it's gonna—it's always going to be somewhere in the downtown St. Petersburg area. Check out our website for more details. But I can tell you right now that the, uh, the next service, which is September 24th, is going to be at the University of South Florida, the St. Petersburg campus. And there's information about where on the campus it is. If you know your St. Petersburg history, it's where the Dolly Museum used to be. It's called Harbor Hall. Harbor Hall. Yeah. And it, the street address is 1000 Third Street South. But it's just a cool building. I'm so excited about it. And it's so funny because before I went to seminary, I had to do some undergraduate work at the University of South Florida St. Pete campus. So it's just really a, a homecoming in all kinds of ways. Cool place, cool people, really looking forward to it. So that's uh, September 24th. And we may be doing more services at the University of South Florida St. Pete campus. because It is a, a beautiful area. Yeah, such really, a cool really facility. I, I just absolutely adore it. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to let you know about some of our ongoing stuff. Um, we have ongoing things happening Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. Wednesdays, we have our sunrise walk. Come out, meet us at North Shore Beach. If you can see the volleyball nets, that's where we are. We meet at 7.20 in the morning. We watch the sun come up. You've probably seen my Instagrams about it. Um, it <laughs> Those Instagrams are really great. It's a nice way to... To, to keep in it's touch so with. much it's so much fun it's, it's so, so much fun watching you compose those shots by the way on your phone and everything it's 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 really pretty cool i think yeah. that this morning when you were taking that picture the jehovah's witnesses in the park were enjoying watching us do that too so it's pretty cool but yeah every every wednesday morning around 7 20 by the volleyball courts north shore beach is what you can google for but once again if you go to the gather page on our website there's a link and a little map and all of that kind of stuff on Thursday evenings, you can join us live on Facebook at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and we do our Bible discussion. It's about a half-hour discussion. You have a chance to ask questions. It's a really good time. You learn a little bit of Bible. You learn how to apply it to your life. Um, you know, there's, it's pretty casual, but but it's it's always a good time, and I know I always learn something. But if you can't join us live, they're also archived on our Facebook page. But more importantly, they're also archived on our YouTube. And you can and search so for go, us on YouTube. But the right. easiest way, the easiest way is to find any of this stuff really is go to our website, waterandstonechurch.com, scroll down to the bottom of any page on the website, and there's links to our SoundCloud, which is where our podcast lives, our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter feed, and our YouTube channel. 
So if you want to find us anywhere, the easiest thing to do is to start at the website, and it is the launching point for all of this kind of stuff. And then Sunday evenings is our is our sunset celebrations, and we meet at St. Pete Beach, and it has just been so amazing. And the weather's and starting to get nice in the evenings. It really evenings. is. It's just that gorgeous. cool breeze that comes, yeah. and you're like, wow, I could... I could be out here for a while. So we gather about a half hour to 40 minutes before sunset. Um, I'm so excited because I think we get our flag this week. So you'll be able to tell us from our big old nine-foot flag that's going to be out there. It's going to say Water and Stone Church yeah, on and it. Even if we don't have the and flag yet, just what park at the Dolphin Village parking lot. Once again, that's easy to find on St. Pete Beach. But it's also, that's another thing there's a map for on the website. There's a, There's an ongoing theme here. But park at the Dolphin Village and then go south, oh, about 100 yards or so, and you'll see a crowd of weird people. That's us. And it's such a wonderful way to celebrate the idea that we had a good week. Thank you, God, and thank you, God, for this next week that we're starting off in just the right way. It's just a wonderful, open, accepting group. There's You don't have to do anything. That you know. Sometimes somebody says a prayer, but usually it's just us being together and just saying, thank you, God. That's all it is. It's super informal, super welcoming. It's a great place to start if you want to know more about this community of people. And then we go get ice cream. So everybody wants. So, um, Dieter, are you listening? Because it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> thought you had another confession for me. Here's the thing. Right now, there are teachers all around you. This moment is a teacher. This podcast, hopefully, is a teacher. People at work, people you live with, people you're thinking about, somebody on the news, even the people you're not crazy about. And there's been lots of that lately. They're here to teach you something. And the only way to get over it is to, first of all, to want to get over it and stop hanging on to it. But then to see that person, place, or thing as an opportunity to learn and grow. Stop worrying about making it be what you want it to be because that is God's job. Instead, start working on being the kind of person God wants you to be. Start your training montage right now. If you're worried about losing something, don't worry. If it's supposed to be, it'll come back in the next rotation of the spiral. That rhyme will catch up with you. Be ready for it. So just focus on getting ready. Ask yourself of this conversation, of this moment, of this relationship, of this situation, what is this helping me get ready for? And if it's not something you want, stop doing whatever it is and replace it with something healthier. Get busy getting ready and amazing things are in store this podcast is recorded at Pinfeather studio on the orange couch <laughs> and the uh, the owner operator and grand poobah of Pinfeather studios and one half of the music you hear is the handsome and strong Raina randolph the other half of the music you hear is the lovely and talented miles randolph and they are amazing this podcast is possible because of the support by you. Right, and there's so many things you can do to support what we do. Go to waterandstonechurch.com support to find out more about how you can help lend a hand. But the big deals are, one, spread the word. 
Go tell somebody. Share this podcast. Share our blog posts. Go listen to something. Look at one of our Instagram tags. Just like Jenny said a little while ago, at us, and we'll see it. Spread the word. And part two is go to wherever you're listening to this podcast, iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher or any one of a dozen places you can go to hear this podcast and write us a five-star review. It's got to be five stars because that's what makes all of this work. But write a five-star review. It'll take you eight seconds and it makes all the difference in the world. And finally, the third thing you can do is show up. Be there with us on the fourth Sunday at one of our services. It is so much fun. I can barely concentrate on anything. I am so excited about this upcoming church service. I'm so excited about being there with all of these amazing people. Thank you so much for everybody listening to this. And if you want to know where we're going to be, if you want to know what's going on with us, if you want to know how you can be a part of it, if you want to know how to use these ideas to change your life, go check out our website. But I do want to let you know that you can sign up to get updates about once a week on your phone. All you got to do is text I am ready, all one word, I A M R E A D Y, I am ready. Text I am ready to 84576. That's 84576. And you'll get news and updates. We usually send about one text a week. It's just a little text message that says, hey, here's what we're doing. Check it out. And there's a link you can click on or whatever. Super easy to stay in touch. It's also the way you can get involved with our various committees like the tech team or the welcome team or whatever else we got going on. But come find us because we've got stuff that's going to change your life. Have an amazing week, and we hope to see you on August 27th.